Women Taking the Lead, episode 47. Go with your gut, listen to your inner voice, and tap into your feminine energy. Hello, my name is Jody Flynn, and welcome to Women Taking the Lead, where we are all about creating blasts of inspiration to help you overcome self-doubt so you can lead with confidence, integrity, and a sense of humor. This episode is sponsored by Luma Coaching. Want some support to get your dreams off the ground? Go to womentakingthelead.com forward slash coaching to sign up for a consultation with me. Now, your future awaits, so let's get started. Hello, everyone, and thank you for joining us today. I'm here with Renita Alexander, who is passionate about leadership. Convinced that anyone can learn to become a better leader, she founded Leadership Unlocked, a full-service leadership development company, and is a co-founder of Profit Pathway, a global education company for aspiring entrepreneurs and leaders. Okay, Renita, that's only a little intro for everyone. So tell us more about you and your own humble beginnings. Well, um, thank you so much, Jody. first of all, for having me. I am so excited to be here talking to women. I'm really passionate about women and leadership. And so again, thank you for having me on the podcast. And so uh, I have two beginnings. And and uh, I'll give you a little bit more about my background before I get to the first beginning. So I am retired from the Air Force, um, and that's kind of where I learned everything I know about leadership. I mean, I had some leadership experience prior to that, but most of you know what I believe around leadership came uh, in the Air Force. And so, um, but I said I had two beginnings, and the, the first I think I want to start with is a, a difficult marriage. Uh, which had me questioning who I was as a person, as a leader. Uh, I married a man who was emotionally and physically abusive. And he used to tell me, I mean, his favorite thing that he used to say to me was, I was a waste of his time, which I guess on some deep level, I believed. Otherwise, I wouldn't have stayed in the marriage as long as I did. I mean, I stayed um, almost four years, uh, and and I had a child with this person, of course. And I I finally got the courage to leave, primarily because that I didn't believe this this is who I was, and I didn't want my daughter to be infected by seeing that kind of behavior and by thinking that that was a, an acceptable way to, um, to treat women. And, uh, and that was, that was, that required me to think about who I was as a person and how I was leading myself and how was I presenting myself to the world? And was I presenting myself as a victim or as a leader in charge of myself? I believe that the hardest leadership challenge is leading yourself. And so, you know, I wasn't leading myself in a way that reflected who I was. And so, you know, leaving that situation uh, being on my own, having primary custody of and responsibility for my daughter, all the things that come along with uh, with being a single parent uh, in the military, you know, just became it was a challenge, but it also helped me hone my leadership skills and and 
you know, was probably the catalyst for so much of the then the good things that happened in, in my life, the, you know, promotions, the great assignment. Um, my last uh, active duty assignment was, um, if you think of an Air Force base as a small city, I was like the city manager for Ellsworth Air Force Base in South Dakota. It's where uh, the B-1s are stationed, B-1 bombers are stationed, uh, one of the places where they are. And uh, so I had responsibility for, you know, the base, the, the infrastructure, the flight line, uh, the communications infrastructure, the cops, the, you know, the police, you know, fell under my command. And um, it was a lot of responsibility and something that I enjoyed. Uh, but, you know, something I wouldn't have gotten to without the challenges that I um, encountered along the way. And then um, my second beginning uh, was uh, my new life post-retirement. I, I refer to my Air Force uh, life as my previous life. And uh, of course, you know, you come out of the military and everything is, is brand new. And so I, I had a, my initial job experience was one that wasn't entirely comfortable for me. And uh, I stayed a, uh, a year in a job, which was about a year too long. And, uh, and finally, you know, prayer, you know, meditation, reading, crying, uh, just, you know, realize I had to, you know, carve out a space once again in this new life to be authentically me and, and, and who I was authentically, uh, you know, I, I didn't need to be in corporate America. I wanted to do something around leadership. I recognized that there were a lot of people out in, you know, the world talking about leadership but that didn't really understand leadership. And I saw a place for me to kind of help uh, with that. Uh, that's how I, I, I uh, met a guy um, who had a company called, um, oh my goodness, uh, Real Leaders Lead. And that was something that really resonated, resonated with me. And he had gone through IPEC, Jody, which I know you uh, got your mm -hmm. certification through IPEC. Uh, he had gone through IPEC. He gave me Bruce Snyder's book, Energy Leadership, which just so resonated so deeply deeply within me because I'm such a believer in leadership and I'm such a believer in the energy that we all bring to whatever it is that we're doing, but particularly the energy, the leadership it brings. So, you know, every page on the book, I was like, yes, and yes, and yes. And so I ended up taking the, the first module, still not sure if it was something that I wanted to do. And I went through that and, uh, and then, yeah, I said, yeah, this is something that I wanted to do. And so, and the lesson that I got from that is to be fearlessly and authentically me. And so, and that was, that is what I would encourage, you know, any woman that's listening to that is just being fearlessly and authentically who you are. And I know that was, oh. I feel like I talked a long time. <laughs> <laughs> that was all great, Renita. You, and you are now, you're speaking my language, okay. which I love. <laughs> um, but wow, in your story, noticing some trends where you've had to reinvent yourself, essentially, um, at different stages in your career and finally landed on something where you, you were like, wow, like being fiercely, authentically myself, yes. that's the way I want to go. Yes. Um, and wow, you have had a, like a lot of responsibility, you know, like people trusted you to, you know, be essentially what you said that the city manager mm -hmm. of this air force base, which is, which is a lot, a lot of responsibility. You were in charge of, um, 
big budgets. Yes, uh, lots of money. <laughs> yes. So you've clearly, you know, from from that time in your life where, you know, in your marriage where you were just not being treated right and putting up with a lot and probably to some extent feeling like you were losing your identity and There's who you are. Years come a long way and had success in your life. You definitely gained confidence. But take us back to a time when you were playing small and you may not have been aware of it at the time. Share with us the story and the lessons you've learned. Yes. Uh, Wow. So this was also in my previous life, my Air Force uh, career. And I remember this so distinctly. I um, was responsible for uh, briefing a a logistics leader. So I was in uh, logistics, which meant uh, I got things and and people to where they needed to be. And um, this person had visited the base. I think he was a colonel. Um, I can't remember the rank, but it was, you know, somebody in in the chain of command, somebody outside the base. And um, I think I was at Pease Air Force Base in New Hampshire. And I, and I briefed him and, you know, I was chosen to brief him, which, you know, spoke to my capabilities. And, um, and so I briefed him and after he left, as he was leaving our unit, um, you know, to go to some other units to get this, you know, similar presentations around the different unit, different units. He asked me, he suggested that I meet him uh, on the flight line after he was, you know, done. And, you know, maybe to talk about my career. I mean, who knows what the, you know, conversation would have been. And I didn't go. I didn't go. And I made up some crazy excuse in my head around why I shouldn't go. But I, at the, at the, at the end of the day, in retrospect, what I, you know, what I realized is I didn't see myself as important enough or, you know, whatever to go and have a conversation with this man. And, oh, you know, and it just, and it also, I think, uh, is indicative of kind of where I was at that point. And I, I was so ashamed of myself and so um, embarrassed for not, you know, taking that opportunity. Here's an opportunity that was presented to me and I didn't, you know, jump at it. I didn't, I didn't take, I didn't take it. And, and of course, you know, I was still married at the time. And so my husband had some choice comments. Um, And, you know, I realized relatively quickly after that, that I was being less than, you know, that the, the hesitation, the fear was because I was being less than. And, you know, my lesson is I'm not meant to live in fear. And that's not who I want to be. I don't want to let fear dictate who I am and how I behave, how I interact, how I present myself to the world. And so uh, that was probably a part of the, one of the, the, uh, the things that kind of started me moving toward in a different direction in my marriage and then also in my career. So, Mm -hmm. and Renita, how has this changed, say your day-to-day life, you know, taking this on that I'm not meant to live in fear? Oh, just, uh, um, confronting when I am hesitant, confronting the things that I'm hesitant about. I actually wrote a blog about this a couple of weeks ago, 
Uh, and it's, it's ongoing. It's not something that, you know, it's like, I've got this figured out. And so, you know, I, you know, I don't let fear stop me. I do. I, you know, a couple of weeks ago, a few weeks ago, I, uh, a friend of mine had lost her father and she, um, you know, I, somebody I grew up with and I wanted to attend the funeral. And I was like, oh, that's going to be so hard. You know, I've got to arrange my health schedule, blah, 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 blah. And I recognized that I was stopping myself from, you know, showing my friend how important she was being there to support her at that time of need. And so it's like, stop, you are allowing fear to keep you from doing what you want to do. And so just being, you know, cognizant, recognizing those times when I'm allowing myself to stop me and um, yeah, and, and, and pressing on. That's huge. So huge. Now share with us a time in your journey when you had a wake up call, take us back to that moment and share with us the steps that you took that led to your success. Okay. So, uh, skip ahead two to three years from my playing small moment. Um, you know, I'm relatively newly divorced, a single parent. Uh, my daughter was not quite three at the time and I was stationed in the United Kingdom, in England, far away from friends and family. Uh, I'm the officer in charge of the unit that's responsible for uh, providing fuel to the aircraft. And so right around this time, I'm in England. Uh, This is in the 1990s, 90, and Iraq Iraq invaded Kuwait and Desert Storm kicked off. And in in the lead up to that, um, to the actual conflict starting, I had you know, you know, debated sending my daughter to the States, uh, because I didn't know if I would have to deploy because I was in Europe and, you know, closer to the theater. I didn't know what role I would have to play. Um, and so I ended up not doing that. And then of course, you know, January, 1991, things start, my whole base was really impacted at first, but as the conflict continued, and even, you know, say in, in the weeks afterward, and, and even after things kind of settled down, uh, I the base went back to normal, but I was still, you know, my unit was still ramped up. It was still supporting all these aircraft that were transitioning the theater of operations. I was on 12-hour shifts. You know, I was making trips to other bases that I was supporting. I was responsible for a lot And, you know, and I handled it. Uh, I I remember having this theme song, you know, I don't know if you were even familiar with this song, the Helen Reddy song, I am woman, hear me roar. (laughs) (laughs) And it's like, I can do this. And I felt so empowered by that experience. You know, I am strong. I am resourceful. I can handle whatever came my way. Uh, Warren Bennis, who is like one of my favorite leadership authors refers to a crucible experience and it's that, you know, intense and it's, you know, maybe it's traumatic and it's some, it's some experience that you're not expecting that happens that, and it, and you can, it can transform you. You can step up and, or you can, you know, come into a fetal position and, and, and stay there and stay stuck in that moment. And so I guess, you know, the, the, the lesson 
um, you know, I learned is, you know, to not be afraid of the hard stuff, you know, the things that come into your life that are hard. That was my crucible moment. And it was, you know, the moment when I started to pull it all together, you know, the lessons that I had been learning, uh, you know, taking care of the people so they can take care of the business, you know, understanding how my energy could impact, who could, could negatively impact is what I always say, your energy can negatively impact or positively impact, negatively infect or positively impact the people in your sphere of influence. And so kind of seeing how that worked and, um, and then realizing the power of my personality. So, you know, all of these things that I had, you know, learned, you know, because so the, the military, you know, does a really good job of experiential training. I mean, we get to, you know, learn some things, we go to school and, and then we get to go put it in practice. So it was my opportunity to put some things in practice. And, you know, as a result of that experience, I believe I was selected for the officer of the year for my larger unit. Uh, I then, when I talked about this a little bit, I went on to, you know, several high profile, um, you know, by name request jobs, you know, where I, you know, got in, uh, more and more, you know, areas of responsibility, more opportunities to prove myself. But it was that, that moment there where, you know, I think coming from the experience that I had come from and stepping into this, you know, this, this, this traumatic experience, and, and not shying away from him and, and stepping into it and owning it and taking responsibility that really changed, I think, the trajectory of my leadership experience and my career. Mm, that is amazing. You know, when I'm, you're saying that, I'm thinking of, you know, there are times in our life and in our career where we're not happy because we're working 12 hour shifts, right? Because we're being asked to take on greater responsibility when other people like get to go home at a normal hour. And, but, but often those are, those experiences are blessings yes. because they, they stretch us in ways we didn't predict. Yes. And we learn how to be more efficient, more organized and coming out of them, we're capable of so much more. And I remember a friend of mine sharing a story with me where she had gone through a pretty traumatic time in her life with um, one of her children just needing surgery after mm -hmm. surgery. And I remember looking at her and going like, oh my God, you're amazing. I could never do that. And she looked right back at me and she said, you know what? You can. Yes. Because when you're in the tunnel, no. Yeah. The only thing you can do is move forward and you move forward move toward the light. Right. <laughs> and it's really like, like what she said, like, now I wouldn't want to go through that experience, but like knowing like, all you have to do is put one foot in front of the other, really just deal with what's in front of you, you know, and really like that's taking on responsibility, like the ability to respond, mm -hmm. just respond to what's in front of you and you'll be amazed at what you're capable of. And that changed what you thought about yourself yeah. as a leader. It changed what other people thought about you yeah. as a leader. And, you know, and the nomination to that award really was just a symptom right. of what was going on. It was just a reflection of the change that had already occurred. So that is really inspiring, Renita. Thank you. And what I want everyone to get is there's no one way to lead. Right. We're all different. We're all going to lead differently based on, you know, our preferences, our skills, our innate abilities, 
and our experience over our lifetime. So Renita, how would you describe your leadership style? So um, I would say I have more of a coaching style in that I ask a lot of questions. You know, I take a lot of input. And then, you know, as as I'm making a decision, uh, if it's mine to make or if it's, you know, simply I'm making a recommendation, it's usually with a lot of input. Um, In my current team, uh, I am, you know, we, we kind of, lead. Um, I mean, there is a leader, but we all have areas of responsibility that we lead. And I'm very much the executioner on my team. Uh, So, you know, a lot of the who, what, when, and how questions to make sure that we are executing against the plan that we have envisioned, uh, that we, you know, as we, as we, you know, change our minds around things sometimes because that happens, circumstances change, that we are doing it uh, with an awareness and consciousness of the decisions that we've made before. Um, so I would say very collaborative in the way that women are, um, and uh, I, I uh, you know, have studied many, many leadership styles. I have the ability to be, you know, different in as the, as the uh, situation requires it. Uh, but, you know, very intuitive around what other people are bringing to the table and uh, an ability to, to adjust accordingly. Mm. And you mentioned earlier that you're an IPEC graduate. I am as well. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. And that definitely like resonates for me. How do you feel that that training has impacted um, your leadership? Oh, my goodness. I so wish I had had that in my previous life. Um, so I think it, it, it has allowed me even more to be more authentically me. Um, you know, I always say that my laugh was my secret weapon because, you know, one of the things that I have, uh, that I learned and continue to learn is that, you know, smiling and laughing, you know, are are hard to fake, (laughs) you know, and you know, why would anybody laugh like this? You know, if it wasn't, (laughs) it wasn't authentic, (laughs) And so, you know, what, uh, what I, what I got is that when people feel like you're being your authentic self, they're going to respond, you know, in a way that is real, you know, whether it's something that maybe they don't want to hear or, you know, if it's positive or negative, because, you know, when you're the leader, you're in charge, you're, you know, you sometimes have to, you know, provide something that's not so positive. You know, I've had, had, I've had to have people come and stand at attention in my office, you know, while, you know, I, um, had discussions around, you know, some behaviors that they, that were against, you know, our, you know, uh, Air Force policy. So, uh, but I, I, what I, what I did feel is that people knew regardless of the experience that I was coming from an authentic place. And so mm-hmm. I, uh, I, I think the, the training that I gained in, uh, in IPEC has really, um, transformed me and in, into just being more and more of my authentic self. Yeah, I love that. And I'm, um, I'm currently teaching, um, a workshop series, helping people who work in office environments to learn coaching skills okay, that they can okay. take back into the workplace. Awesome. And one thing I say to them, I know it's so cool. And one thing I say to them is, you know, when you're coming from a place of pure curiosity and non-judgment, mm-hmm. there's nothing you can't say and no question you can't ask. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. Good. Because like you said, like that, the energy and how you come across mm-hmm. is different. Like people pick up judgment, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. right? They pick up censure mm-hmm. and, and they pick up <clears throat> like, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Not, it's not curiosity, but it's, it, it's like more like just 
wanting to know the scoop, right? They right. pick up on it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they get all up in your business. Right? <laughs> yes. Yes. They pick up on that. And that, so it's really like, first you have to like, think about where are you coming from, mm-hmm. you know, and coming from that place. And that's what I'm hearing and what you're saying and has allowed you to work so well with your team and do what you do. Right. Um, for them. All right. And Renee, that's a great segue because I want to know what is one thing you're working on right now that you're really excited about? So Profit Pathway is uh, getting ready to launch a new course, Cultivate Your Power to Lead. And it's the first of about nine courses that we're going to offer to our audience. It's a foundational course to um, encourage those aspiring entrepreneurs that we are that we cater to, to challenge their mindset around their entrepreneurial dreams. You know, so what are the, how do you think, you know, what, what is, what is your belief about yourself, your energy, uh, the faith is a component of what we, uh, what we bring to the table. So that's what we're working on. In fact, uh, I was in a meeting right before this around, um, a webinar where we've created to introduce that. And then I'm doing a lot of writing. Uh, in addition to my blog, I'm working on a couple of books. Uh, one is about the leadership lessons I learned in the air force that are applicable to uh, business. And then I'm also also working on a kind of a daily meditation kind of thing. I do this um, thing that uh, that I post, and I actually haven't posted anything in a while. But you know, the uh, just breathe, where I you know encourage people to inhale, you know, inhale uh, peace, exhale chaos. Uh, you know, we think about the, the things that we are bringing into and and um, and, uh, and and taking out of our bodies just through our breath. And so, uh, so yeah, that's what I'm excited about. Yay. And if you have any links to any of those programs or books and blogs, like send send them on to me. I'll have them in the show notes page for you. All right. And now I'm going to do a quick leadership roundup. So Renita, tell us what is one practice that helps to make you a better leader? So I'm a student of leadership and then I'm a student of me. Uh, I, I read a lot about leadership and then I take time for me. I take time to replenish myself spiritually, emotionally, mentally, and physically. And I just think that makes me a better person and a better leader. What is one book that you would recommend to a woman to help her develop her leadership? So anything by John Maxwell, but a book that I refer to often is Primal Leadership, and it's by emotional intelligence guru, um, uh, Daniel Coleman, Goldman, I, I'm sure you've probably heard of him a lot. Yes. Yeah. Along with a couple of co-authors and the book suggests that the fundamental task of leaders is to prime good feelings in those they lead. And it was very affirming for me because it confirmed what I knew to be true about leadership, that what people want and really need from leaders. Um, and you know, and I wish I had read it in my previous life. Uh, you know, emotional intelligence is about, you know, grasping those things that women are really naturally good at, uh, you know, the empathy, the self-awareness, you know, the, the being able to perceive and understand and, and managing emotions, that their own and, and, and others. And so it was just really self-affirming for me, gave me some tools and I just, I would recommend any leader, but particularly women read that. Awesome. And knowing what you know now, if given a chance to go back and do anything differently, what would you change? I'd 
get to know some women. Get to know women. You know, uh, find a support group. Uh, go with your. You know, uh, find a support group to to help you as you you know navigate the decisions that you're making. Uh, and then the other thing would be you know go with your gut, listen to your inner voice, and tap into your feminine energy. And you know, as you can imagine, sometimes that was very hard for me in a very male the, the male environment that is the military. But that is what I would give to women. We we got you know we got some leadership skills. You know, we're naturally collaborative. We are better communicators. And so, you know, tap into that. Now, share with us a success quote or a mantra and why it has meaning for you. So um, one that's on my my Leadership Unlocked website and one that we actually use in Profit Pathway is everything rises and falls on leadership. And, it, and I always give John Maxwell the credit for this, although I've heard other people uh, say it and not uh, attribute it to him. It's something I absolutely believe because the leader sets the tone, creates the culture, uh, the environment. Everybody looks to the leader for cute. For Awesome. And Renita, lastly, what is the best way for those listening to connect with you? So they can find me at Renita, R-E-N-I-T-A at ProfitPW.com or Renita at LeadershipUnlocked.com. On Facebook, I'm Renita D. Alexander. On on Twitter, I'm Leadership Unlocked, L-E-A-D-R-S-H-P-U-N-L-O-C-D. <laughs> and for those listening, don't freak out. Don't, like get into a car accident. You can find all the links and resources shared in this episode at womentakingthelead.com or you can use the short link, which is womentl.com. Renita, thank you so much for taking the time to inspire and enlighten us. We're all better for having met you. Thank you for having me. I really enjoyed it. Thank you for joining me on Women Taking the Lead. Were you inspired to take some action today, but maybe don't know where to start? Or maybe you have so many great ideas, you can't decide where to focus your attention. Don't let stress or overwhelm stop you from having the career, the business, or the life you want to live. Head over to womentakingthelead.com forward slash coaching, or use the short link womentl.com forward slash coaching to sign up for a consultation with me. And to strengthen you on your leadership journey, I'd like to send you off with a quote from Marianne Williamson, so here goes. Our deepest fear is not that we are inadequate. Our deepest fear is that we are powerful beyond measure. It is our light, not our darkness, that most frightens us. We ask ourselves, who am I to be brilliant, gorgeous, talented, fabulous? Actually, who are you not to be? You are a child of God. Your playing small does not serve the world. There is nothing enlightened about shrinking so that other people won't feel insecure around you. We are all meant to shine as children do. We were born to make manifest the glory of God that is within us. It's not just in some of us, it's in everyone. And as we let our own light shine, we unconsciously give other people permission to do the same. As we are liberated from our own fear, our presence automatically liberates others. Again, thank you for joining me, and here's to your success.